Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to Michelle's Sanctuary. Okay, so we are on the eve of my 37th birthday. I used to lie about my age for many years, around... The time I was 19, it began when I was in Hollywood and told that I should always stay a teenager because it was more alluring. It really messed with my head. And a few years ago, I started a side project called Screw Ageism and realized that all of the inspiration that I had growing up and in the entertainment industry came from women over the age of 50. And this was really silly. So Yay me, tomorrow, 37. I do forget how old I am, not because I lie anymore. In fact, I kind of do lie. But if that happens, I say that I'm much older than I am because that is more aspirational than going backwards in time. The wiser self that is me in the future is far more alluring right now. But anyway, with that, um, on my birthday, I try to always do something that takes me out of my comfort zone or that allows me to express myself in a new way, or as my partner is always teasing me, another new goal. I used to have a list of goals that lined the inside of our cabinet that stores prescription medication and Tupperware. And this list would be basically my list of goals for the year. And I've been pretty good actually about crossing them off. He thought they were a little overly ambitious, but I saw that it was possible. And one of those items was creating Michelle's Sanctuary on YouTube, which has now grown to almost 12,000 subscribers, which is very exciting. But that said, last year I started writing and contributing to Thrive Global, and I reached out to Ariana Huffington, who started this venture after selling Huffington Post because she saw the importance in healthy living and getting enough sleep and mental wellness. So that was last year's 36th birthday endeavor. And this year, I decided it was time to start a podcast. And the reason I've been a bit conflicted because I've received so many requests to do it is I wasn't sure if I should do something that's an extension of the meditations that I have on YouTube or have a place where I can be a bit more creative and talk about what got me there and take questions as I do receive so many questions from all of you that I really appreciate about my process and and addressing how you can help get through your own process. So what I decided is I'm going to start this channel to be kind of a mixture of both. So I will offer meditations, but I wanted to create something that would perhaps enable the listener to stay awake. And for those of you that are commuting on a crowded subway car or stuck in traffic on a six lane highway, whatever it is that you'd have something that you could listen to that wouldn't put you to sleep. That said, I did have a friend years ago who was one of the first listeners of a wish fulfillment sleep meditation that I created. And she called me when it was halfway done, all excited. She was in the Lincoln Tunnel and she said she had listened to it and felt so inspired coming in from New Jersey. And I said to her, 
please do not listen to that recording when driving or operating machinery. Uh, I, luckily, she wasn't asleep, but she certainly said she was relaxed enough she was getting there before she called me. So that said, I, I thought it might be nice to have something where people actually stay awake for a minute and kind of address just this life stuff that brings us to having anxiety, to having insomnia, whatever we need to deal with. I also w- wanted to give a, a larger scope of what I am doing and why I am doing it. I have definitely mentioned on YouTube and across other social media platforms that 2018 was an incredibly difficult year for me and my loved ones. It's kind of having a cascading waterfall effect into 2019. Today was just another rough day, and I don't want to dwell on the hard things, but for me, that's a source for creating these meditation scripts and for creating ways of coping rising above and processing all of this. And I think it's important for listeners to know that it's coming from an authentic place and my own life experiences. I always appreciate the interjection of everyone and the suggestions that I get for creating stories, but I also truly understand what those experiences are like. And particularly in years or months or days where things are so out of control on so many levels. I even personally have a hard time sleeping, eating, functioning as a normal human being. And the adrenaline and the cortisol that come with that are kind of self-perpetuating that you become on this pattern. And what's been hard for me, I'm, I'm a huge animal lover. My pets are my family. And My partner has been off as a caregiver to his family that have come down with incredibly um, serious illnesses in the past year, just out of the blue, incredibly rare things. He's been helping them and I've been left alone with my pets and both of them have been very sick, which is, you know, when they talk about disease, it is dis-ease and if anything, that's kind of where we've all been. Today in particular was a challenging day as my cat, who's only two years old, she's been fighting a number of ailments since I rescued her. And it's really hard to be alone and in this space where a cat's sick and there's the part of my brain that's like, oh, she's just a cat. It's not like my dad's dying, although he's currently recovering from open heart surgery. Um, but they're they're there and... Th- I am responsible for making the decisions. And that's where I I always have been a perfectionist. That's one of the biggest challenges in life that I've always had. If you could get 100 on a test, I wanted to get 105. So I was beyond perfectionism. And I, I'd like to blame, actually, a motivational speaker who came to my third grade auditorium to give a lecture. And he said that you have to be 100%. He said, imagine... If only 80% of planes managed to take off and safely land, or imagine if only 80% of the mail was delivered, you know, the post office and airlines would be out of business. And that stuck with me for so long that I, perfectionism was my thing. And I dealt with it for the most part, but the times now that I find it coming up are when there's trauma and when I have to make decisions that are life or death not for myself, but for others. For me, I think it might be a little easier, but having that responsibility to bear for an animal or as a caregiver is just remarkably difficult. 
So long story short, happy birthday. I'm 37 tomorrow. And what this brings me to is I, on my third rush to the vet in the past month with my cat today, it was looking pretty ominous. And then miraculously, she pulled through. Even the vet was actually clapping because she couldn't believe this happened. And I came home and I, I had that adrenaline pumping again through my veins. And I just wanted to unwind. Normally, I go to a yoga class. Um, today is Tuesday. I don't know when this is going to be posted, but I have a class. I've been going with this amazing instructor who is responsible for getting me to keep coming to yoga. It was not something that I ever really liked. I thought it was kind of hokey when I was in LA. It hurt my wrists. I was bored. And when I started studying with her, I found an outlet. The issue, though, is that her classes, being so popular, tend to be overcrowded. And being that they occur in Manhattan, there is a very strong element of the characters that take these classes. And some days I just can't can't expose myself to that. They're very, they're entertaining. They're the kind of people that you would find in a Woody Allen film. Um, or imagine if a snarkier version of Joy Behar was practicing yoga. That's what some of these characters are like. And most of the time I enjoy it. There was a time where I, I was given an exercise and it was like, what's the first thing that you would do if you got $500 million. And the first thing that I thought of was this class and all the eclectic people that are in it. I'm like, I would fly the whole class on a retreat to Bali or India so that we could practice yoga for a week. I just pay for everyone anonymously. I don't know if I would still do that. (laughs) Um, Maybe I should. I think people that are more stressed probably need a trip to Bali more than anyone. But um, I didn't go to class. But I needed to do something for myself at home. So I went to YouTube. Yay. And I pulled up as probably an hour and a half to two hours worth of meditation videos and and uh, yoga videos so I could keep an eye on the sick cat and my dog and just be in my cozy apartment. And there was a lovely thing that I gleaned from this. Um Actually, it was from Yoga with Adrian. So I will refute for all of you, if you haven't checked out Yoga with Adrian, she's probably the most popular yoga person on the internet. And she was talking during a breathing exercise about pretending your breath or imagining that your breath is your spirit. Now, I don't get particularly religious or spiritual on YouTube with my meditations. But I think that's an individual choice and you should connect however you connect. This is your journey. We all have our own journeys. But it reminded me of something that I used to do a long, long time ago when I was 21. I had had been in LA for about a year and I moved back to New York and I was madly in love with somebody who did not reciprocate these feelings. And I was just sick all the time. Everything from the Kuksaki virus, which is actually the town I'm from, not a good virus. It's going around again this year, trust me, to sciatica issues, stomach issues, thyroid issues. Just so many things were happening to me. At the time, I was living in an 80-square-foot room, an SRO, single-room occupancy, and I shared my bathroom with a 65-year-old Chinese man. 
um, a family of five from Africa that also lived in an 80 square foot room, uh, a Mexican couple expecting their first child, and then a guy that we did call the homeless guy, but we only said that because he pretended to be homeless, to beg on the street, and then would come home to our building. So it was very eclectic, and I love this space. I mean, it, I just wanted my own space in Manhattan, and it just talks about love for New York City to be in that kind of environment. But at the time, I just thought of this African family of five, three kids, two adults sleeping in a twin-sized daybed in a room that was the size of what I had to myself. So when I thought of them, I thought, wow, I have all this space to myself. So when I was dealing with all these ailments, when I was sick, I was reading as much as I could about spirituality and astral travel and uh, the power of the mind, power of how we think. And I was in this this little tiny room. My twin bed basically hit both walls, <laughs> very small twin bed. And I had, you know, maybe a desk, a mini fridge and a small sink in this very tiny. I couldn't lay on the floor. That's how tiny this was. And I I can't even remember what the book was, but I read it and it talked about protecting your heart, how important it is for you to have an open heart, even when you're feeling closed off, even when you're hurt, when someone has broken your heart or you've had a great loss. And it said, the book said that you should keep that open heart, but have a gatekeeper, have a sentinel. It was the first time I ever thought of having a sentinel that should be, I don't know, basically about rib cage height. And the sentinel would stand before your heart and protect you at all times. And anytime you were feeling stressed or unloved or vulnerable or sick, you could imagine the sentinel as an extension of yourself that's just fighting. And as a singer-songwriter obsessed with Fleetwood Mac at the time, my personal sentinel was Stevie Nicks, circa 1980, in full chiffon and six-inch platform boots, just kicking, just kicking out there and kicking away anything that was going to cause me any harm. So that ethereal feminine version is what I've always thought of as the extension of myself and also as my sentinel. So reeling it back into this yoga experience on YouTube with Adrian today, talking about letting your breath be your spirit or imagining that it is. And I thought, what is my spirit? And I thought of that sentinel, that Stevie Nicks inspired person energy, just draped in chiffon with dangerous heels, kicking forward and dancing and floating through space. And I started thinking of my breath as that. And when I visualized this beautiful, feminine rock star, it was a lot easier to stop holding my breath, to start wanting to breathe deeper and to give that spirit some life. Because when our breath stops, so do we. The reason I also wanted to bring this up is I know so many of you get impatient with the meditations when you just want to get to the story. And I feel the same way. There are times when I go to a yoga class and I do not want to sit cross-legged and breathe and say, Oh, I just want to move my body and 
get things flowing and just get out of that headspace. But sometimes you really can't get out of your headspace, especially if you're trying to go to sleep or unwind or process things. And that's what sleep is also for, that chance to process things. So I wanted to say to you all, when you are struggling listening to the meditations and thinking I want to skip this breathing part, to maybe just start to imagine your breath is your spirit. Now, your spirit may not look like Stevie Nicks in 1978 draped in chiffon, a corset, and suede boots over the thighs. But whatever it is, visualizing that, personifying that, makes it feel less frustrating because I do find and what I hear from you that have written to me and said, Michelle, please, I don't want to be breathing for two minutes. Well, you're going to be breathing for two minutes. You just don't want to be aware that you're doing it. You just want to get to the story or the meditation, but that is part of it. And I just, I don't want to force you. If you guys are doing fine skipping it, I know a number of people will just pinpoint where they're going to start my meditations and not even deal with conscious breathing. That's fine if, if, if it works and you fall asleep. But if you're finding that you're blocked in doing that, I kind of invite you to imagine, like, what does your spirit look like? Let's say it's not contained in this body. What would your sentinel look like? What would you be putting forward to protect your heart, to protect yourself, and to embrace life? Breath is life. You know, when I recorded my first album, I had the song called Porcelain Doll. And at the time, I had been groomed by a number of producers. And I was very, very fortunate to be partnered with Scott Slater. He produced um, a vast majority of the songs that I've released. And he kind of was more carefree, like, make it about the emotion. Let's make this about what you're feeling, what comes through. You wrote these songs, just let it out. And when I heard the first recordings, what I heard a lot of was my breath. Now, I thought I was breathing incorrectly, but just that it was coming through. And I had him go in and edit out every breath sound. And it made for something that was much more pop, much more clean, more polished. But it did take away from a part of the soul of that song. And I was thinking, you know... Not sure if you believe in an afterlife, whatever your thoughts are, but if we were to imagine that there is an afterlife and I could go on and be a singer in an afterlife, I probably wouldn't have breath in music then. So maybe, maybe now, while I am of the living and the breathing, it's not so bad to have a few breath pauses in a song that's emotional. And the same goes for now. And my takeaway for all of you is just to consider that if you're having a hard time with breath, personify it. Make it whatever sentinel, whatever strong being that protects your heart, whatever your spirit feels like, whatever aliveness you feel, because that for you is going to deepen the meditation experience. And that's what I hope for all of you. I hope for all of you, whatever you're going through, the highs and the lows of this life, that you can be connected to that spirit and to that breath. So with that, I will be signing off. Thank you all for listening and tuning into this. And any questions or suggestions you have, I always welcome. I love the inspiration that I get from all of you. And thank you for listening.
Thank you.